Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, a podcast on the FX television series Fargo. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm Bill, and I'm back with another season with my pal Sharpie. Uh, we both grew up here in Fargo, didn't we, Sharpie? Growing up, uh, saying that I guess is a little bit subjective. Oh, but well, we did. We were born there. <laughs> well, according to some of our reviews, we're childish, so that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, you know, that's if we're what, going off I mean. our reviews from eight years ago, um, you know. You're, we're childish. I'm a know-it-all. Uh, but either way, best of best Accurate. of friends. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good podcast if people know us that yeah. well, just immediately. Yeah. Well, they did. I mean, they were they yeah, were spot well, on. If, if you feel otherwise, feel free to go review us. But hey, we're back. Holy crap! It's been it's been a couple of years. Um, obviously, we've talked in between that. But welcome back, everybody. Uh, or if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Uh, I'd say we've we've sort of altered the show over the years from season one through four, but um, boy, how do we just get straight into this? FX really threw us this curveball with two full long episodes in one night before a holiday weekend. You're traveling, other people will be traveling. This yep. is bananas. What do you think? We got to break this up different, don't we? Uh yeah, we'll break this. So so, t- so this is the hot dish, yeah. right? So it's usually our like quick hot takes after a single mm-hmm. episode, but we've got two episodes, so I think we'll maybe make this a longer hot dish, a larger uh casserole pan, mm. you might say. Maybe this is a hot um, dish plus a green bean casserole on the side. I think a green bean casserole is a hot dish. That is actually true. I stand corrected. <laughs> I mean, some people yeah. might disagree. But it has been a long time. The uh last you know, this whole Fargo saga has really kind of gone way longer than I think either of us anticipated. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been, the last season was 2020, so COVID was in full swing. Remember, it got delayed from COVID. It was supposed to be in April of 2020, I think. The last mm-hmm. season uh, ended up premiering in, like, September of 2020. So we were still in, like, the thick of it. Was it really? And oh, God. now that's, track. so that was the first year, at least in the United States, of of that whole experience. And uh, I'm glad we're kind of uh, past that now. But, and then since the whole thing has started, I can tell you exactly how long it's been. 3,507 days, Bill, since the TV show kicked off. That's (laughs) nine years, seven months and six days, not almost 10 years. We will have been doing this, which neither of us signed up for. (laughs) Well, I know, I know, you know, and sorry to regale you with non Fargo TV show directly related stuff here, but I I will tell everybody, uh, our wonderful listeners, which by the way, we do appreciate each and every one of you. We we met, Sharpie and I met, was it this last summer or somewhere when we knew John Hamm and a few people had been announced? You and I sat at a bar in Fargo. You were here on Broadway downtown. And I said to you, late-ish at night, are we going to do this? <laughs> and you're, uh, <laughs> you look like you were going to sink. And I said, come on, let's. We're completionists. Yeah. We're here for the ride. So that said, I guess we're, we're here, here we're for here you, for this. man. Let's the fans. So the quote unquote. So we're going to try to do our version of a uh, fast hot dish that covers two episodes in this hot dish, right? We're going to cover. Episode one and two, uh, yes. but we will only talk about one first and then only talk about two next. No, 
you know, so if you're listening to this later, you're later people, like a year later, two years later, um, we'll give you a big break in the middle where you know you're going to hit some spoilers. Maybe you don't want to know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, casting is, is a wonderful, cool thing to think about. All the big players that we think of when we talk about the show are back. I mean, obviously, Noah Hawley's writing. Dana Gonzalez, uh, director of photography again, uh, and we've always talked about his style and his work. Jeff Russo's back, just tons of characters. Maggie Phillips, also back, I saw in some of the credits. I mean, I can only imagine that they've got just such a running knowledge with each other. I just feel if you like the look and the feel of the show, they're they're delivering again with very, very high level of uh, a talent and and things with that. Do you, anything that excites you? It's a very unique yeah. look in this mm-hmm. show. Um, and to be honest, after... To, to be honest, I thought the crew maybe had changed up a little bit after watching these uh, this first episode because I thought it felt a little bit different. I mean, it's yeah. still it's still definitely unique and and apart from other shows in its uh, overall texture. But I was like, oh, I wonder if um you know I wonder if some of the crew has changed a little bit. And then I and then it hadn't. I was surprised mm-hmm. to see that um, it was still Noah Hawley and still um, some of those same people. Um, even Jeff Russo, I was like, oh, maybe they don't have Jeff Russo back because. Uh, in other seasons, the Fargo theme song is really woven all the way through each episode. Yeah. And this one, it kind of just only like touched in a few in a few little moments. It didn't have like big grandiose uh, uh, entrances or exits. Um, they really kind of like put a lot more texture in the music yeah. as well. I mean, solid opening with uh, I've seen all the good people. Which was which was great, uh, and you just lead in with such fantastic stuff. But like, uh, since this is the hot dish, we're not going to break down big items. We're not going to, you know, really hit into this. But I knew Jeff was still involved, especially somewhere around the the scene at uh, at the home for the, for the photograph with the guns and whatnot. They just hit those classic drumline moments. You know, that's what I would call them—the Jeff Russo drumlines, the snare, the that's snares. True. I'm just going to admit right now, prepare yourselves just in general this season for me. I've got a heavy man crush on John Hamm. He's in my pre- pretty top lexicon of like actors that I really just love their work. And I, I actually, so far, even in episode one and two, which we're not talking about just yet, I really feel like this is great, that that, that he's he's fantastic. Uh, do you, Is there somebody that really did, excites you about this on the show, like cast-wise? Did it? Well, uh, I'll get back to John Hamm in a second, but uh, that's the fun thing about this show, and I think that's what keeps us coming back, especially doing this podcast, is that every season, the cast is just so fun. Mm-hmm. And every season, it's a totally new you know, band of characters, and it's a handful of people that are very prominent, and you've seen in other works, and mixing them all together in this totally like unique soup of this universe mm-hmm. is so fun to watch because all the characters are so fun and interesting and different from other characters that they've played in the past. And seeing all these people combine every single year in a different way with a, a whole new uh, batch of people is so... It's, uh, I don't know how to else describe it. It's just very, uh, it's very fun. Uh, and Roy Tillman, the character played by John Hamm, I, I, did he just take you, did he just take you over the top, Bill, when you saw those pierced nipples? <laughs> that was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish I could have seen your yeah. face 
Uh, or maybe yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to. I, might I mean, technically, you just skipped ahead uh, to episode two, but I, I, I won't call you on that. Maybe somebody caught that. Maybe somebody caught that in one of the trailers <laughs> when when uh, Roy talks about, well, whatever it was he said, it, it bothers you seeing me in my moist repose. Um, I, you know what I was most worried about was I was excited to see Juno Temple cast as Dorothy Dot Lion. Um, you know, what if uh, what if I can't shake Keeley? from Ted Ted Lasso mm. because I think she's fantastic in that show. Um but I boy, yeah. she I thought she did a f- fantastic job out of the gate. I I really thought you know, obviously they are the big people of the show, Roy and Dot just r- really shown and I I thought Sam Sprue as Oli Oli Munch which by the way just mm-hmm. totally sounds like a dish we would make here. Right? <laughs> like, oh, have <laughs> you been munch. over to the uh, cafe for the Oli Munch? It sounds, it's like our version of Puppy Chow. Oh, it's Oli Munch. No, lots of great stuff. Really fun for, I think for us, I think this will be nice. Uh, really hearkening back to s- season one and the film that it is spanning North Dakota and Minnesota. And just saying those words makes me super self-conscious of my own upper Midwestern dialect. <laughs> but super cool that we're we're kind of back in the state. New listeners, maybe. Just hot, hot take. Fargo, the city, is is on the border of Minnesota, and um, so mm-hmm. we also that's part of our deal is we want to try offer a Midwesterner's take on some of this stuff as people who live here in the area. So, you know, we've got uh, Scandia, Minnesota. By the way, it's a real town. It's not a town that would have what Scandia there has. So, Be- how about Beulah? I saw Beulah being mentioned in the show. Have you ever been to Beulah? Uh, yeah, I've. Uh, you know, shout out to Beulah. Um, I have, uh, but odd enough, Beulah isn't in Clark County. That's not uh, Beulah's in Mercer County, I believe. Um, but this this is that show, right? It, like you and I had a whole bunch of conversations in season one about like nobody just takes a quick drive from. Oh yeah, you can just drive from Bemidji to Duluth. Nobody does that. It's a shit drive. Um, you wouldn't just go over there. You'd call. <laughs> And even even this whole Clark County, it's definitely Western North Dakota based because those kind of rolling fields that we've seen uh, in, in in both episodes a little bit, the Tillman stuff is that is very much Western North Dakota, right? Very much um, Western with more of an emphasis, less of an emphasis on um, you know cowboys and rawhide, and more of an emphasis on meth and oil. <laughs> <laughs> that is north. That is more north of the Bismarck area. You got to remember, Interstate 94 splits the state in the lower third. You get up there, you might be right. But I mean, hell, we used to hunt on a, a, a like, like a bull farm, bull and cattle farm. But yeah, you get out there, it is definitely more roly poly, very Teddy Roosevelt. You get back to Fargo, which is two, three hours away across the state, and you're into the more the pretty rolling plains of a glacial bottom of a lake bed. But so we got Scandia, sure. we got Clark County, we got Beulah. Nobody knows where the hell Oli's from. I mean, the man, the man enjoys a kilt. He wants to be free. I love that character. I mean, that guy's obviously um, a reflection of Gare from the movie, right? Uh, is that, that's what you're saying. That's such what I'm saying. Good, um, such so that's good sort touches of, like his- of, of, building us like what was the number one thing you saw and you're like oh my god it's this it's this sort of retelling and mirrored image of the 19 right 1996 
uh, Fargo film? 1996, yeah. yes. What did you see that you were like, shit, they're really doing it? Uh, I mean, it had to be the ski masks and the two guys coming to kidnap the wife. And they're they're peering in through the sliding door. I mean, it was like exactly the movie. And it, surprisingly so. I mean, I wasn't expecting to kind of do a rehash of that original movie again. I thought we kind of like did. I thought we were kind of moving away from that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like in the first season of this TV show, there were a lot of direct references. And I thought, OK, we're building off of that. We're taking it into its own universe. And now it seems like we're coming back again, like full circle and making more direct references to the movie, um, which I was not expecting at all. I thought we were going to be kind of like extrapolating further and further and further and abstracting out from the right. universe. Uh, but we're, we're being taken right back in like throughout these first this first episode all over the place yes. from like references to Jerry Lundegaard to the kidnappings to um you know uh the the car dealerships and all that kind of stuff i i thought it was way closer to the movie uh than i was expecting which is a surprise and a welcome one i think it was it's comforting you know it's nostalgia yeah for for whatever it's worth you and i don't like we don't like as much as we can we don't deep rabbit hole stuff ahead like i didn't even not going to lie, until I sent you that link last night, like two hours before the show aired, I didn't even watch that little explainer teaser, you know? I didn't even <laughs> oh, watch you that didn't? when oh, you sent so. it to me because I didn't, I didn't want to know yeah, anything. So, that's, <laughs> so just so you guys know, Sharpie and I kind of, we also don't watch the next time on Fargo. So if you're like, hey, idiots, that's coming up. We just, uh, Sharpie and I have a little bit of a long run tradition of like certain types of trailers and stuff. We don't like what it gives away. I don't like what it does to my brain sometimes, so... Yeah, I'm with you, man. The minute the minute he put his the 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 kidnapper put <laughs> had the hammer, and I was like, because the original mm-hmm. film was a crowbar, um, but I just love that he was gonna smash the window, and then he's like, "Hey, is this just open?" Which, by the way, in small town, you know, Minnesota or North Dakota, completely unshocking whether you're home or not to have a door be open. Yeah. I was getting uh, a little too much. Uh, I have to be honest, a little too much of a wet bandits vibe in that whole, uh, uh, calamity of the kidnapping. Uh, I don't know if anybody else was, but I'm sure you will. Once you get into, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pause there, but, uh, a little bit too much of a wet bandits home alone vibe mm-hmm. to me. It, it was, uh, it, I mean, I know it was supposed to be comical in a sense, uh, and it is a quirky universe, but these two uh, were a little bit too close to the Wet Bandits to me. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was expecting them to say, I was expecting at some point in the show for there to be a keep the change, you filthy animal. Like, I was like, is this a, re- are we referencing Home Alone here or Fargo? I don't know. Or maybe it's a yeah. combo. That's okay too. It's the holidays. I, I like the idea though that they're turning a certain amount of the stuff on its head. Very similar, but instead of instead of Kristen Rudrud's, I'm I'm sorry, her name, the character's name, Jerry Lundegaard's wife's name escapes me. Played by Kristen Rudrud from a local here. I just thought instead of her being hidden behind the shower curtain, I love that it was something else. I love that she's a don't mess with me like kind of powerful lady right out of the gate. Like sure. the show opens with her tasing somebody at a school board meeting. Have you ever been to a school board meeting like that? She'll mm-hmm. mess you up. We still got a dim-witted husband, right? Big time. But instead, we've got a gal who is not to be... Well, there's more we can talk about in the next section, right? We'll talk soon. But I feel like we should wind down our quick hot takes on this. Um, 
I don't know why this struck a chord with me, but I mean, like two moments I loved was, I don't know why, but when the husband, when he's like, will it bother you if I watch Blue Bloods? <laughs> <laughs> I just had a flashback to my folks because my, my parents was like, I'd call and they'd be like, we can't talk right now. Blue Bloods is on. <laughs> <laughs> Big Donnie Wahlberg's fans. And then the only other thing that I loved was like, I love Coen Brothers world of like ridiculousness. And the guy describes that he's got an air horn mm. and he's explaining it to him. And then eventually the guy blows the air horn and just, he literally just gets blasted off the earth. Was there a moment for you that you were just like, love it. Just, I, I need more. I can't wait for more of this. You know what? I'm not usually like this, but it was, it was definitely that action scene. Um, I'm not much of an action, like, uh, fan, but when that whole scene was going down at the gas station, the way they do it in this universe, it, I absolutely love it uh, with the big drum beats. And I loved seeing uh, Lamorne Morris. I, I actually had no idea he was going to be in this season because uh, that's how little I've been paying attention to the trailers and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so that was a nice surprise. I was like, holy shit, Winston, that is going to be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You keep waiting for Jess to pop out. That made me really excited. And then when that kind of led into all this Fargo universe action and the air horn, that was amazing. I think that was my favorite part of the whole episode because it was so fast, right? <laughs> it's just, it just pops up. And then the guy doesn't, uh, only Munch doesn't even like look over. <laughs> he just like points the gun and shoots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing. Oh, so uh, that God. whole scene was my, my favorite. And I'm super excited to see more of Deputy Whitfar. Um, yeah. The names are so, the names are always so good. They're so short, uh, which is not like, um, not like the actual area. They're always like super long, very Scandinavian names. Uh, yeah, not a lot of Oli Munches or Whitfars or Gator Tillmans. Gator, I don't know anyone named Gator. Danish Graves is a good one. I'm excited for that character yeah, yeah. played by Dave Foley as well. Uh, oh, I mean, just that's another exciting one for me. Just seeing Dave yeah. Foley, I was like, yeah. With the eye patch, the white eye patch really takes it over the top. That was like a nice touch. I, the my only other like sort of towards the end, there's like. Way way to tie the room together with the Lebowski rug was the use grabbing the ice scraper off the shelf mm-hmm. and using it to help uh, with the tourniquet. Yes, I was hoping that you're gonna mention that. Yeah, uh, I just felt so good. And all the little like quips and stuff when you know right away in the yeah. very beginning of the episode when um, Dot's husband, uh, it, you know, they've got the rental car and he's talking about how good it is. Lots of leg room. Very like Jerry Lundegaard undertones there. Um, so it's fun yeah. to see that stuff come back, um, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more. Well, that's sort of that. We'll we'll call this the tail end of our our hot dish of uh, season five, episode one, the tragedy of commons. So if you are a later listener to this, you and you're going to listen in a different order. I think it would be good for you to pause this episode now. If you don't want to hear us mention anything from episode two. You, you should just uh, come back to this later. If you're with us still, kick ass. Um, Sharpie, we got, you know, as much as we want to try and make this quick, we're never good at being quick. So episode two, the tragedy of commons. Like, I feel like we got we got little peeks at the idea of John Ham mm-hmm. and Roy Tillman and Gator and that world and, you know, wherever the hell Oli Munch is from. Um, what was, uh, like, like, right away, I mean, it, we opened up back at the in Scandia at the house, obviously, right? 
um, mm-hmm. Dot's home, and you know he he has the whole thing. But I still some we'll have to dissect a lot of this. Like, what's her obsession with Bisquick? Um, mm-hmm. What what's your like? What's your early hot take? I mean, like episode two definitely leans into the. We gotta we gotta learn more about Tillman's. We gotta learn. By the way, they also this this show really loves people who are the big the parking lot king, the grocery king, and now now we're working with somebody who's she's the dead, the dead queen, queen, yeah, right, mm-hmm. yeah, the big no binder. Um, uh, let's talk about the sets yeah. real quick because they are okay. Very, I had to like uh, I was watching this live as as a lot of you were, uh, and I was taking pictures on my phone of the sets and the, the locations. Because uh, I couldn't pause it, right? Uh, and right. a lot of the locations are also very reminiscent of previous seasons. Um, the Lion's House made me think a lot of the Stussy House. I actually thought that it was the same house. I don't think it is. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, oh my God, yeah. is that the Stussy That's... House? Is it, It's like the same house? And the same thing um, uh, in Dot's Kitchen. I thought it was v- eerily close to remember in... Um, it was season one, I think, um, where they're mm-hmm. having the funeral, like um, like the little yeah. wake, and they're making hot dishes, and um, they're kind of in the kitchen there with Molly. Uh, that was her name, right? Molly Salverson shows up to uh, the the widow uh, play. Well, I can't remember the widow's name, but mm-hmm. Julianne Emery, yep. who very very graciously uh, granted us an interview. But that, those seasons, we're gonna try every year. We try to get somebody, but it doesn't always work. Yeah, so that kitchen yeah, was very you, much like it was the same layout, everything. I thought it was the same. I don't think it was um, uh, after I they, they replayed it um, after the live airing, and uh, I rewatched mm-hmm. it again, and I was like, I don't think that's the same kitchen, but it was very close. Um, I think it's because it's it. They they, I get very distracted by the sets and the set dressing because those people in every TV show, not just Fargo, they do such a fantastic job of like bringing you in, Easter egging you, showing you things that are there for a reason. And I know a lot of people who don't want to think about a show this deep, and that's fine. We we only do, I only do it for this show. I don't do that at every this every show I watch. But yeah, you're right. There was a lot in going on. In the houses, in the sets, in the, you know, like, I can't wait to dissect the art, you know, mm. in, in some of these, these, these rooms, like, like, like Lorraine's, like Lorraine's house. Oh my God. I mean, they clearly focus on that painting. It's like two guys, uh, riding on the back of another guy, right? In like colonial times or something yeah. like I cannot wait to find out what that yeah. painting is. If it's, if it's a real painting, I mean, obviously it is for the show, but, uh, What's going on there? There's got to be a story. Somebody out there knows it. If you do, email oh, us. <laughs> or, yeah, it, it, podcast at Fargo Talks Fargo. Um, we don't, uh, just also for the record, we don't we, we don't really actively use our social media that much. Our Twitter and our Facebook may disappear, but you can always email us and we'll do our best to get back to you, which reminds me, I have some other story to apologize for. I'll do that in the next breakdown. But, like, even at her desk at her office, though, just the word no. Mm. It's behind the desk, Lorraine's desk. It just says, no, mm-hmm. no. We get to learn a lot about Roy and the way he feels very early in, in this episode where he's, you know, we get it. Uh, you know, Dot comes home and she's trying to pretend like nothing happens. We all know why. We can talk about this more later. But what a weird situation of him, you know, and they're at a place. I think it was called Little Texas between Lenore and Josh Hunk were their names. 
the couple that he was like kind of like counseling on like hey you you beat your wife too hard the wrong way mm-hmm. and he's punishing for it because he's this supposedly godly man and um for whatever it's worth uh, i randomly they talked about beulah uh fun if you want north dakota facts or whatever there is a town called beulah it is outside of bismarck north dakota um Beulah is a biblical Hebrew term for Lord's country. And I don't think that's a mistake about that the use of that because Roy has this serious he is the arbiter of morality and and religion based in his religion and his religiosity and and what is right and wrong, even though it's very clear he's not on his first wife. <laughs> Mm, (laughs) which, you know, like things apply to Roy differently than the rest of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's where we, we get that. I mean, was there anything like super, like just roughly thinking about the first half of trials and tribulations that stuck out to you? I mean, it was, I just thought they did a really good job of laying out in about five minutes what Roy is really about. Absolutely. I mean, they kind of set the tone almost uh, immediately. Um, so we kind of know that this is going to, this is going to kind of be a guy who's like, uh, he's not really like a no, I mean, you could say he's a no bullshit guy, but not in an honest way. He's, um, things are, it's my way or the highway or the highway kind of guy. You know, mm-hmm. I won't, I bet he has like a big old thick ham steak every morning for breakfast. And, uh, mm. and that's just the way it's going to be always every day. And if it's anything different, the world is going to know. And it seems like he's got a son, Gator, that is just striving to be what Roy is, his father. Just this godlike presence um, that just commands and demands. And Gator just probably will never fulfill those shoes, always trying to, maybe gets a little cocky. Um, It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be... Uh, a happy ending for him. Um, but I'm also curious to see where Gator comes from in terms of like his name, why Gator, what does that mean? Um, it will be, it will be interesting to see that duo, um, conflict with each other probably throughout the entire season. Yeah. I mean, if you get down to it, no joke, I'm looking at this from the open of the episode. and, And even if you don't even think about the, the parts with dot and being home, it is, not almost nine minutes they they introduce this exposition where we learn a lot about Roy and how he treats other people, his position, his position of power. And on and on top of that, this very interesting conversation between he Gator and uh Oli, right? Like we learn a lot about him and then the minute he's like, get him his money, and immediately is double crossed in a in a way, right? Like not double crossed. Mm-hmm. He's 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 betrayed by the whole thing immediately. Like, oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna mess me up. And I just thought, wow, that's that's nine minutes. Nine minutes in in what was a like a you know, like a, a fifty some fifty eight minute episode. They told us so much. And to me, say what you want wow, about that was really only nine minutes. Nine minutes. I shit you not, dude. I I I have it pulled up. So I mean, I can't wait for us to go back and really break this down, because um, I think we were given a lot of information we're going to need in that front half, along with the fun things. You know, the woman abides. There was a thing. Oli said something about, and I don't remember the direct quote because I can't type and think that fast. He talked about I, that he believes in nothing, and I thought he's a nihilist. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> but um, 
I thought the thing that I really love there that I think really is going to stand strong is he gave this uh, comment about she wasn't a housewife. She was a tiger. Um, and if you want to do some, feel free to do your own homework. I went and two, two things. Touching back on the first episode, the tragedy of commons is a, is a metaphoric label for a concept from economics and ecology and science. I'm reading this from Wikipedia. I didn't just form that in my brain, but it's very interesting. I would go look at that. We're going to talk about that later. But the other interesting thing, it is a very old thing. It's called The Lady or the Tiger. It's a short story uh, from Frank Stockton. And I, I think this is going to be a part of a central theme in our big breakdown. Um, her last name's Lion, right? Well, mm. her current last name is Lion, mm-hmm. and Lion is also lie. I'm lying. Um, you're lying. You're lying in wait. I don't know. It's it's Jeez, so many Bill, things. You got some deep cuts here already. Oh god, dish. I got all sorts of shit. I can't even say just yet. You're coming out I don't spicy. Want super spicy. Um, oh, after three year, this is a three year hiatus. All bottled up for you, huh? Oh, I know. I'm so oof, so many things. But was there like? Was there something for you that stuck out real hot? Like, cause that for me, it was the, he, he has, we, we need to know more about Oli. He, he knows things. He felt incredibly betrayed by, he thought it was an easy job and they weren't paying him the right price for an adversary. He, she was an adversary to him. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. And I think she's an adversary for many people in her life. Um, I mean, hottest moment for me was, She's at the table with Lorraine and she totally un Minnesota nices, right? And we haven't even talked about that yet. She un Minnesota nices. Her voice changes. She leans in and she opens with, listen, bitch. And then immediately goes back to, anywho, thanks for stopping by. She is not to be messed with. She is, that's the whole, she wasn't a housewife. She was a tiger. Was there something for you that stood out like in a very different fashion from this, this episode? Aside from the incredible moist repose, John Ham nipple rings and the I, ass shot, um, that was the primary thing. The nipple rings. I had to actually walk up to the TV to make sure that I was seeing that right, and so glad I did. Huge payoff there. Um, but no, not like anything like super. Specific. I want to see that picture, Sharpie. I want to see the picture somebody like, actually snapped of you. Is that somebody snaps what? you just like face first in John Ham's nipple rings on screen? I'm in a hotel room, so I was watching, you know, where you watch TV in a hotel room on a bed. And I, like, sat up and I was like, wait a second. What? And I walk all the way up to the TV. Oh, yeah, there's a nice little uh, ball bearing there coming out of his neck. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a crappy both TV, nipples. too. Both nipples. Uh, yes, both nipples. Um, so nothing, like, uh, that specific, but... Um, it's classic. What stood out to me, I guess, was just like classic Fargo universe where you have not just two opposing parties, not just a protagonist and an antagonist, but multiple parties after multiple parties who think they're owed something. So you've got the lion's family who now thinks dot owes her something and she's got a debt to be paid. And then you've got the, uh, the sheriff and his kid who, uh, think, Dot also has a debt to be paid to them. So now you've got these two parties after one thing, mm. this poor little woman, uh, Tiger, I mean, uh, two parties coming after her and we're going to see those clash. And obviously she's going to be in the middle of it with her uh, 
uh, weak little husband Wayne, <laughs> who's probably going right. to surprise us with some uh, mo- heroic moments. Um, but we've got three basic parties here uh, with some of like you know others sprinkled in the sheriff's office or not the sheriff's office, but the deputies. We've got the Fargo uh, FBI guys um, who are coming in as like the big city folk. The big city feds. Um, so that will be interesting. Um, so lots of different groups kind of sprinkled in, but overall, like three major groups kind of uh, converging toward the center, uh, which will be interesting to follow. And classic Fargo universe. Yeah, it's funny that you said they have debts to be paid. Did you catch at the very end what was on the sign when when Oli stabbed the other guy and then there was a cardboard sign that he had left on the body. No, I was trying to read it and I couldn't pause it. It says, you owe me. Okay. So yeah, I, I, sorry. I thought that's what you were trying to get to with your, like there's debts to be paid. And I'm like, there is, it's a debt. Like you owe me. They were supposed to pay him. And instead they tried to, they tried to take Oli Munch down. What we're doing is we're laying out all the debts on the table. All the chips are on the table. So now we know who, who thinks who owes what, and mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm. The, the, the game is on the board, and we're about to play. Yeah. These seasons of Fargo have a long-running thread of kings of industry and things ruining things for the regular person. So go mm-hmm. back, look at the tragedy comments, think about trials and tribulations, and the, the tiger and the lady. And But just, I don't know. All right. So we've got, um, I think, 10 episodes this season. So we're already through, too. Yeah, and we're sort of, this is a combination one, so maybe later we'll break it up. But um, we're going to have a nice Thanksgiving. You take a break, those of you, if you're listening to this later. I hope whenever your Thanksgiving's happened, it was fantastic. We're going to record on Friday uh, after Thanksgiving, do our best. And we haven't decided. We're either going to record two full episodes and keep them in one, or we'll break them up into two. So stay tuned for that. But welcome back, everybody. We we appreciate you. Thank you, Sharpie, for continuing on the journey here. Uh, it's <laughs> going to be a wonderful thing. It's it's a Halloween fun time show. Which, by the way, this is going to happen <laughs> soon, right? The the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. And- yeah, the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, music was a very nice surprise. So there you have it. We'll uh, Sharpie. We'll we'll talk soon. And the rest of you, thanks for joining and if you're if you want drop us a line at podcast at fargotalksfargo.com it's the best way to reach us that's yep. about it right that's right, it man all right peace buddy see you later this week